Welcome to the Hawkeye Psychic Podcast. Is now on Europe, and I suppose we maybe kind of twist, twist and shift to that. Uh, Liam, we start on Friday night down in Cast. I yeah, mean, I, so, think know, so, I think I think we know what to expect from uh, our French uh, hosts anyway on Friday night. Well, we kind of do, don't we? We kind of do know what to expect from Cast of all, of all the French sides, you know. Um, they're going to bring us down to their level. It's going to be an absolute dogfight for sure, and it's going to be probably something like. 18 21 18 or something like that <laughs> in the end they um i just saw the highlights there of their game against dad and uh penalties a few drop goals it was a good 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 solid performance all right yeah yeah they did have to kind of um i did have the pleasure of seeing the full game on friday night for any monster fan that wants to really watch it do because you'll probably fall asleep after 20-25 minutes because <laughs> the quality in line breaks wasn't there it was very attritional it was very physical and 6-3 uh, at half time and again they were backs against the wall particularly in that last few minutes when you consider their performance against La Rochelle when they won 31-30 they showed a new dimension to them that I was kind of a little bit shocked about but this was your typical cast you know literally arm wrestle pack territory platform paramount but they were literally underlying five meters out for the last three to four minutes our mate rory crockett gets sinbinned so then they're down to 14 and stad really do absolutely cough up ball right at the end you know they have a little bit more composure i think they would have been grabbing a result there because cast you could see the relief on the players faces so yeah it will be very interesting i mean so cast you know, cast in terms of in terms of uh the top 14, they're, they're in a good spot, aren't they? They're in a massively good spot. They're in the yeah. top top six, I think, at the moment. I mean, they've had a very good festive period. They've pulled a few results out. The La Rochelle one particularly was a standout. I mean, the comeback win, I think that really did stun La Rochelle. Um, you know, so they've been stringing the wins together. Now, the big question mark here from a cast perspective is what sort of side will they line out with? Because yeah. if they are getting very close to that, Pro 14 um, Summit, will they rest again, marquee players, you know? And, and uh, we've had two games, right, in, in terms of Europe and two to go. I mean, they have lost two games, you know, cast. So, yeah, the, the mindset would be interesting to, to figure out. Have, can they actually even qualify for for Europe? So Is they're currently two points, um, two points right now. So there were two loser bonus points. You may recall that they lost narrowly to Harlequins, Harlequins at home. Marcus Smith inspired. But again, that wasn't a great performance of Harlequins either. They'll be the first ones to admit that. But they did get a result. And obviously came to Tone Park. We know their arm wrestle um, that ensued. And they got their loser opponents. But they seem to be delighted with that, to be fair. Now, fact is, cast at home will be, they'll be competitive. They won't want to lose this game. So I suppose what are the kind of key areas here for Munster, uh, Lean, to kind of focus in on? Head of that game. Yeah, well, I mean, we have to, you have to, we have to front up basically. Like, so we have to get good ruck ball. It's hugely important. Uh, hopefully, to see a bit of a good lineup mall actually from us as well. Yeah, I think so. And scrum. Yeah, yeah. Ho- hope to see our 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 scrum going as well. You know. Yeah, I think the the ruck ball will be the key for us. 
um, on Friday night. Cast do a very good job in terms of the breakdown defensively of really slowing down, killing down ball. So, you know, they kind of, so we're going to have to be at our best start. Kind of really, I think front five boys have to kind of set the tone, the platform straight off the bat. Otherwise, cast, particularly if they're going to name a kind of a mixed selection of squad players and first team players here, because um, they do have to go to Harlequins in the last game. And I can certainly see them probably putting out a second string side there because no way at that stage will, you know, if the result doesn't go their way, they will have no interest. So I think maybe imperative for us now that weather conditions and casts are supposed to be pretty decent. You know, it will be cold and minus three, but again, it's a dry day plan. So maybe we see a little bit more from Munster trying to kind of create a, maybe a little bit more attacking width on it. Maybe bringing in like some Murray guys like that into the frame, Keith Earls as well, Conway. Um, it'll be interesting to see the team selection for Munster Rugby particularly um, I suppose you know ideally maybe Ty Byrne you know may not have really played maybe too many minutes against Ulster but the fact that he has I think we have to kind of trust him in here but yeah, I hope for our front five and particularly our front row to really kind of really set the platform uh, you know uh, just in terms of our scrum they will be testing us massively there in the first 15-20 minutes if we can gain that momentum I think you know we should be relatively confident and start maybe putting points on the board here I mean not necessarily trying to kind of you know kind of get try after try let's build up the board three six nine twelve yeah 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 let's get that nine points ahead you know 12 points yeah exactly exactly we can I think we can both see that that's exactly the way that 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 game is going to go you know it's going to be points your points their points yeah yeah but we you know but and uh, yeah, I, I'd obviously like to see Keith Earls back, you know. Um, and does Ebo now get sent off? Does that does that mean he can't be selected in for the cast again? I would imagine there'll be a disciplinary hearing uh, this week on that. Um, so we'll probably await news on that. Um, I'd say the, the finest biscuits and cups of tea and coffee will be out for that anyway. But I would say that Zebo is probably out of contention for the cast game, but um, but it all depends. There will be a disciplinary panel. I mean, it was a straight red, so obviously that has to be reviewed by a disciplinary panel. So if they, panel. Dale Ende, uh, apparently, uh, and probably, yeah, O'Mahony would be out for that game. So then we're looking at a big selection there at centre as well, aren't we? Yeah, I suppose you have to kind of say that maybe Rory Scannell, again, maybe front runner here a little bit, um, particularly who starts at 10 as well. It's going to be a big game for either Ben Healy or also Jack Crowley, um, whoever gets selected there at 10. So maybe you want a little bit more experience and maybe an additional boot there um, to kind of alleviate that pressure on the 10. I think yeah, yeah. Probably... And, and obviously, Far- yeah, 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 absolutely. And that that, that, that Scannell-Farrell is still a good good combination, actually, as well, you know? Yeah, because I feel Farrell, Chris Farrell is very close to producing a kind of a stand-up game. You know, he's been unlucky in certain respects in terms of the attacking side of things, but I do feel that he he feels, I would say he feels himself that he has a strong performance in him to really kind of really dominate a game ball in hand. And it'd be nice if it could happen here, particularly in the European games, ahead of a Six Nations, to kind of get himself back on the shop window in terms of Andy Farrell's thoughts. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, there's not, yeah, there's, this is, I suppose, this is also quite a crucial game to show the form of guys for Andy Farrell and and Ben Healy, I I, I think he's he's in there with it with a, with a chance certainly of being at least a backup there for Ireland at, at out half. 
Yeah, I mean, it's kind of at the moment, yeah, because it really is up for grabs. It, it'd be interesting to see with Sexton as well, uh, where he kind of comes in in terms of his injury kind of status. I know Leinster maybe kind of rolled into that, like that Montpellier game is still massively up in the air um, as we record this, just given the Montpellier pandemic uh, kind of uh, crisis that's gripped through their camp last week. They had to, give a, they had to kind of uh, postpone their game. But I think Sexton, you know, that injury status would be key. I mean, do the Burns then kind of come into it? Uh, you never know. Um, again, Jack Carty as well. Uh, doesn't seem to be kind of fancied by Andy Farrell for whatever reason. So, yeah, again, these next two weeks are going to be absolutely key, aren't they? Liam? You know, you could get a bolter coming from nowhere to really start. It's really impress and kind of get a surprise kind of inclusion. So, yeah. yeah I, mean, I mean, we all, we also have to remember, too, Ty Byrne is an exceptional player, obviously, but he is not a starter for Ireland at the moment in the back row. You know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's so stacked at the moment, though, Liam, isn't it? But, yeah, it is. You know, Very particularly strong. with the Leinster rugby contingent as well. It's just, you know, the absolute abundance of talent there. You know, Caelan Doris just going from strength to strength. Um, you know, um, again, Jack Conan as well. You can name them all there in that Leinster squad. They just do such an effective job of um, Connors as well. Such an effective job of what they do. So, And again, for Andy Farrell, that's an absolute lovely position to be, particularly back row. So, I mean... For Byrne, he's in that kind of unfortunate position where he can effectively operate in second row or back row. So he's got that versatility about him, but maybe, you know, might be kind of a selection where he's definitely in a 23-man squad going into a game. So it'll be very interesting. But again, I think it's up for grabs for a few of those Ireland positions. And hopefully uh, Ireland can, uh, well, Ireland will reap the benefits here with a few provincial wins because I know Leicester Tigers are coming to Connacht here uh, on Saturday and, Locals are getting quite excited here uh, on that. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah you have the, the big team from the Premiership. Yeah, absolutely. And, well, it, again, you know, Connacht gave a very great performance for most of the, the away game in Welford Road as well. Yeah. Exactly. And the fact of the matter is with um, with the Leicester Tigers as well, uh, they, uh, just kind of, they dropped their first result against Wasps um, uh, yesterday, well, at the weekend. The first loss, 16-13, so kind of coming off a, uh, a loss. So we'll see how that impacts in, in confidence here. But I mean, Connacht, they've had a, a week off after their Munster rugby win. Again, 3-15 here in Galway should be should be a great atmosphere with the crowd that, that will be in. Um, so, I mean, I think Connacht should take huge confidence from the Welford Road fixture. Just tighten up a little bit defensively, I think, um, in terms of their kind of discipline. But... You know, I would not be surprised to see Connacht getting a result there against uh, Leicester. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think so too. I, I would call it for Connacht actually against Leicester. Yeah, I give, I give a home win there. Um, probably yeah, losing bonus points for for the Tigers. Yeah, you I mean the Leicester pack platform will be paramount there as well. They've an awful lot of big, big units there anyway. But again, if Connacht and provided they can get you know a reasonably good day. It did really pose an awful lot of problems for Leicester, particularly when that um, when the game got a little bit broken and fractured. So again, it's do or die here for Connacht Rugby um, to get a result here, particularly at home. Uh, but I'm right saying, yeah, basically the uh, home win there will will drive them into uh, into qualifying, won't it? Pretty much. They'll be in good position, but yeah. I think they would definitely need to get something out of their last game against Stade Francais. And again, 
with Saffron say, where is their focus going to be? So, you know, that kind of comes into the reckoning. But they would be in a strong position, name, certainly. But again, that three wins would definitely guarantee you some playoff rugby come April, May. Uh, I mean, two wins, you're kind of on the borderline here, really depending on results. So you don't want to kind of get that. And do you, do you know what's amazing is, is you know, Connacht, you know, you're talking about European, uh, the European Cup, they've looked comfortable. They've looked to be at that level in oh, their completely. two games. Yeah, look, look, the performances have kind of spoke volumes in the last, last few seasons. You know, don't fear anyone. You know, they'll, you know, particularly if um, they're attacking brand rugby is great. I mean, joy to watch. Um, no, I mean, they've well and truly competed against various teams, you know. It's never, you know, never a nice place to actually go. Well, it's a lovely place to go anyway, but sports ground itself, in terms of fixture, uh, fixture, it's, it's, it's not an easy place to come and get a result. You know, you have to work hard for it. So, look, Stafford say saw it in first hand um, there a couple of weeks ago. Came into Galway and got absolutely spanked. So, Connacht at home, it, they've made it into a fortress. And you know, this will be a key test for Andy Friend and the Connacht rugby uh, side here, but. They're fully, fully able, capable of getting a result here. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, I, think, then, I think we'll, we'll give them the home win. <laughs> I think we'll give them the home win, yeah, but I yes, think Leicester, yeah. you know, they're, you know, we've been in Welford Road, we've met an awful lot of Leicester Tiger fans. They're a very resilient, determined bunch. Um, you know, we'll give Connacht the the win here, but I think Leicester Tigers won't be too far away. I think loser, loser bonus point there, maybe kind of there, probably tight. Um, there are particularly plenty of tries on board. And then Ulster Rugby going to Franklin's Gardens on Sunday as well, playing Northampton Saints. Um, again, the loss mightn't be a bad thing for Ulster here with Dad McFarland focusing minds and really trying to improve their performance. And I think it might be key for um, Stuart McCluskey to get back into uh, the 13 jersey yeah, here. I mean, I mean, I suppose like they were in the in, in, in pre-match against against uh, Munster. Yeah, the, the, the loss of, of McCluskey was crucial when you actually look at it that partnership of just him being so robust alongside uh, Hume exactly they have that you know very kinetic partnership there you know um no Moxham didn't think did anything wrong per se but I think McCluskey just provides that absolute monstrous ball carrying ability that you need three quarters to recreate the line breaks and create attacking platforms so now, Northampton have had kind of hit and miss in terms of Europe. I thought they were pretty dismal against Racing 92 in Franklin's Gardens. And Finn Russell kind of controlled the show from start to finish. Um, but I think Ulster should be relatively confident in getting a result here, you know. Um, they've had a great start to Europe. It would be an absolute crying shame if they couldn't really back up um, their Claremont Avar win. You know, yeah. earlier on in the campaign. So I definitely And again, three, three wins, uh, essentially, you know, in a row. They're qualified. Again, Look, that's, that's, that's a massive, massive uh, motivation for them. Exactly. They're almost looking at one of the top-ranked sides, you know, if, let's say, we get suspended in terms of, you know, you know, or the playoffs, you know, that they're very much kind of getting a home draw mm-hmm. in Ravenhill, Kingspan. Um, so an awful lot to play for for uh, the Ulster and plus with Claremont Auvergne also at home um, to finish this off. I mean, if they could have get a win and even a bonus point win at that, I think they, they'll set themselves beautifully for a le- long, lengthy European Cup campaign. Yeah, potential top seeds. Yeah, uh, yeah, happens. exactly. Yeah, not yeah. out of the question yeah. here, Aline, because, I mean, the Leinster rugby 
situation with Montpellier, I mean, if, you know, when you consider the other fixtures, but again, if Montpellier get the walk over the five points, that's going to be absolutely hugely decisive because Leinster conceivably could be one of these kind of really kind of dark horse teams kind of in mid-pack. Yes. But, you know, you don't want to be facing at home, particularly, you know, in a, a last 16 uh, fixture. So an awful lot of conundrums here. Might get a few home and away fixture kind of... Uh, uh, verdicts from me on the other uh, games here, um, Liam. So, yeah, sure. Cardiff against Harlequins. Who do you fancy on that one? You'd have to say the the, the Queens, Harlequins. Uh, Marcus Smith is just tearing up trees, isn't he, at the moment? He is, he is. You know, they're playing a nice brand of rugby as well. Um, Saturday, then, Ospreys against Racing 92. Mm. <laughs> Hard to call, not. <laughs> Rassing, yeah, yeah, Rassing way. For sure, yeah, yeah. I think so too. You know, in fairness to Toby Booth and Ospreys, they have improved this season. Uh, again, but again, recent 92, Finn Russell. If you can get any, go for a ball. I think that's a that's an away win. Um, a bit of a grudge match this has started form here. Exeter Chiefs and Glasgow Warriors. Um, who, who do we fancy there in Sandy Park? Yeah, that's actually, I mean, considering God, that Glasgow won the last game between them, yeah, and, and won quite comfortably. So yeah, that, that's a that's actually a cracking game. Exeter, yeah, I mean, weren't they the team that were essentially going to, um, in general, uh, the heirs to to Saracens? I think it was kind of looked at like you know Rob Baxter was the coach in England, and things have kind of fell apart a bit, yeah, for them for Exeter. They're I think they're well they're well off the pace now at the moment in the in the Premiership as well. Yeah, there has been kind of a few setbacks for Exeter. I think there's been a few injuries and pandemics loss of form but um there seems to be a bit of needle like i watched the return fixture before the monster cast game and to be honest like the lead up to that game was pretty kind of fractious in terms of glasgow uh to extra fans and you know not to wear the tribal gear and all that sort of stuff and it just you know it's kind of ballooned like they've been meeting regularly in europe and i think there's a bit of a healthy rivalry gone on there i think yes. extra look if extra at all pack for, platform for me no better team, you know, 22 metres out, you know, with them all to kind of get the job done. I think Exeter here because they, they were really looking to kind of get back up there. Um, yeah, I, th- I think I, I give it Exeter with Glasgow to get a losing bonus point. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we have Ronald Gareth's La Rochelle against uh, Johan van Grand's future um, employment opportunity. Uh, Bath Rugby, I suppose. Are we, it looks like a home win here. It, it looks like a definite home win. It looks like a... 25 points plus home win, really, doesn't it? I think so. You know, maybe Johan can have a sneaky uh, weekend trip to La Rochelle to see his new new club in action, but doesn't look good there for Bath, does it? I mean, particularly with La Rochelle, you know, particularly that 31-30 loss against Cass. Yeah. Uh, they have kind of rebounded. And I think there's a big performance there from La Rochelle at home. Always a tough place to go. So I think that's... Yeah, yeah. That one. that's a fortress for sure. Wasps uh, take on Toulouse. Uh, uh, how do you fancy in that one? Yeah, I mean, I mean, Wasps have some very good players. When they get them back, <laughs> that's the key, isn't it? So, so I, I think, I think uh, Wasps, yeah, give them a right good game, actually. I think so too. And yeah. but again, there's been worrying kind of news reports coming out of Wasps in terms of salary cap, having to kind of reduce the playing squad. Um, Fekatoa. Fekatoa to Munster, yeah. Yeah, no, I love the player, massive potential. 
I'm just looking at the injury record here. Liam. He's not, he's still injured at the moment, isn't he? He is. Um, you know, uh, he's well regarded in Ross, but he has been curtailed by injuries, and I'll just have that kind of warning sign on him just on that. But it does seem to be as Wasps are going to shed a few players uh, to other clubs. Just given and, I mean, yeah, if you think about it, what the scared has got Fafita, you know, a, a really, really good player. So, so they, they are offloading. They're clearly they are going to be offloading them. You know, so, but uh, look to lose the quality all over the pitch, Tony. So I'll probably go for them, uh, you know, but I think Wasps, they need to kind of provide a good stirring performance here because it has been a tough season for them. Uh, but I think to lose, uh, I think they'll get the, the bonus, yeah, uh, bonus try here. To yeah, yeah, absolutely. We've talked about Connacht Leicester and Bristol Rugby against Stade Francais. Okay, Bristol and Stade Francais. Yeah, um, again, you know, Bristol, big money team, aren't they? Probably, probably the highest paid players in the in the Premiership, you know, and they haven't kicked on themselves either, have they? They're very up and down. They're a very Jekyll and Hyde team um, for me, Liam. When they're on, they're absolutely phenomenal. But if they're not, they do cough up try scoring opportunities. I mean, have they really recovered after that Harlequins playoff loss? Last yeah, season. That that for was me, unbelievable. You know what I mean? For me, that's, that's a watershed moment for that club because I think Bristol Bears, everything was leaning towards them getting into the Premiership final. And dare I say, giving a good crack at Exeter Chiefs and who knows, but they've had that hangover. There's been, you know, there has been disappointing results this year. Now, Stade Francais, you just don't know what's that in terms of what their kind of priorities are. Um, and the thing is too, I mean, even, you know, we were talking about Castor as well. I mean, you know what you're getting with Castro. You know, you're, you actually know what you're getting. You don't know what you're getting with Stade Francais. Of all the French sides, they are the most up and down. Yeah, I mean, back when we were starting to go like Stade Francais, you know, Dominguez, they had a formidable pack, you know, and they had a very efficient back back line. But again, there's no real standout here. It's very, you know, in terms of their brand of rugby, they're just really caught in two stools really at the moment for my liking and that's been the case for the last few years um again i think it's a 50 50 game this one because again we don't know what bristol uh bears team is going to come out in terms of their performance i'd maybe hedge it to bristol just purely because they're at home but yeah. again it's and staff francais as well may just decide to kind of maybe provide maybe squad players with a bit more of an opportunity to impress here yeah, it, it could it could become the game of the of the of the weekend, really, in a way. Yeah, absolutely, it could be the most yeah, open. Yeah, you know, because Bristol do like to play with wish, sure, and you know, the tries yeah. are never too far away from them. Um, then on Sunday, then obviously we've Leinster Montpellier again. That's a big if. I'd say we will get more confirmation on that, but I think Leinster for me anyway. If this game, I know there's a layoff. I know the pandemic has kind of affected Leinster. Yes, and, and and it could show in their performance. They could be a bit a bit of ring rusty, all right. But yeah, definitely Leinster to get over the line at home. Yeah, I think it's a good. It will be a good test to see, particularly from a management staff, how they've played this in terms of the inactivity, how the players are kind of going to perform here. I mean, Montpellier, there is question marks over the squad that's going to come up to Dublin if that is confirmed. But I think it's really down to Leinster Rugby's performance and really. You know, I think the first quarter will kind of indicate an awful lot there. I still look the talent that's in that squad is more than enough, I think, to beat Montpellier. But again, if Lens are a little bit inaccurate, uh, give Montpellier a little bit of time to settle in, it might become a bit more of a difficult afternoon. But I think Leinster, for me, even though with the layoff, I think there's a, a bonus point there, victory for them. 
Yeah, yeah, I go along with that. Yeah, uh, Northampton Saints Ulster, I think we've mentioned, and I think we're kind of strongly kind of favouring Ulster there. And maybe a bonus point as well, really, to kind of secure maybe a good kind of playoff berth. Um, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think, I think, yeah, I mean, Ulster are going to be pretty much top seeds, I think, yeah, after this weekend. Exactly. And then finally, then we have uh, ASM, Clermont Auvergne, JJ Hanrahan's club against Sale Sharks. So. Yeah, that that looks like a tasty fixture, doesn't it? It certainly does. Well, I see mean, it always play 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 well in Europe as well, actually. So um yeah, uh, that's that's a hard one to call actually. Now it might be a little bit easier if the French, you know, system, you know, with this whole wrangle over South African citizenship to yes. France. I know Sanderson, the head coach, was really kind of up in arms at this uh, at the weekend that if things were left as it were. Uh, an awful lot of well all the South African contingent in sale would be unavailable for the game so again that could be a fluid situation but if they do have their players involved they will certainly give Kerman one hell of a game I think uh, they've the, I think so you know they have the physicality to do it the skill set to really do pose an awful lot of problems to Kerman and Kerman's firm has been very up and down as well I mean you know JJ is really impressed with Kerman but there has been flashes of brilliance but as with Kerman Avern there has been kind of areas of uh Video analysis. They had, they, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think Clermont can be can be flaky. I mean, they still near every season lose a game in Europe that you'd be expecting them to win as well. Even this exactly. this season, obviously with, with, with Ulster. So yeah, and yeah. Munster previously. And again, I think it's a must win for both those teams. I mean, whoever loses that is probably you know looking at a kind of an elimination here. To be honest, so. Um, I think an interesting. I don't know who to call that one. To be honest, I don't either. Uh, and then finally, Bordeaux Begley's uh, against Scarlets. Yes, yeah, Scarlets. Yeah, yeah. Bordeaux are quite a. Quite, they're quite a competitive team, aren't they? Now in in, in top fourteen rugby. Mm. Got an easy pack, you know. And again, it's the thing with the French teams. What's the priority here on the Champions Cup versus domestic form? Um, again, they certainly do have the squad here, particularly at home. I think this could be a tough afternoon for the Scarlets. Um, I would probably go for Bordeaux, uh, but again, yeah, I'd go them too. Yeah, it's uh, you know, but Scarlets been, you know, I do love the brand of rugby, the Scarlets do play. Uh, but again, Bordeaux, that pack is going to literally, regardless of who is in for Bordeaux, it's going to be very packed, platform intensive, building the phases, building the attacking opportunity and platform. Uh, so I need a good out half. <laughs> Well, well, not well, bad. Not bad, yeah. Um, so I think from that perspective, you know, you have to kind of give it to Bordeaux here, uh, right. to be fair. Yeah. Now, again, it's a big if. I think, you know, Crystal Ball, we'd love to see all these games go ahead. But I think, name you, me, four walls here. I think the fact of the matter is, I think maybe one or two of these may be victim of the pandemic. But again, it would be nice to see these fixtures play out, you know, in a natural fashion that are not really dependent on walkovers, stuff like that anyway. Because we're, yeah, imagine, uh, imagine if we got to the stage, I mean, I mean, where Leinster Montpellier was awarded to Leinster, <laughs> having the previous one, <laughs> uh, Montpellier awarded the match against Leinster. That would just be a total nightmare. It's a total farce if that happens. Yeah. You, you could almost argue is the competition in disrepute already. If something like that increasingly likely may happen, it's gent- it's almost like a gentleman's agreement. It's like, you know, we'll give you five points. I'll give you five points, give five and points. shake hands and move on. But 
I think Leinster do have grievance, I would think, definitely on their postponement uh, to Montpellier. They did have a 23-man squad. They had a management team waiting to go over to Montpellier. So, I And then the next day, wasn't it? Pretty much next day, all the other European games were were ruled on. And they were, they were you know, scheduled, rescheduled. Exactly. You know, um, you know, particularly the Anglo-Saxon games, I think, have been kind of, they're looking to reschedule. So if that is the case, then what's the... What would be the difference here? I mean, yeah, I don't think we've heard the last of that, you know, Leinster-Montpellier or Montpellier-Leinster game, that first initial fixture between those two teams, because I think that would leave a bit of an unsavoury taste in the mouth. Yeah, um, so. we're, we're, we're Leinster not to get a, get a hearing um, on that. They, yeah, I mean, everything's wide open after their decision then to on the, the English-French fixtures. To literally have them rescheduled so i mean the president has been precedent has been set here uh Liam, i would think so uh it will be interesting to see but again you know it's it's very much let's see how it goes but hopefully now we'll get the full fixture of games there yeah yeah crucial crucial can i can i just say add to in terms of go back to uh your man van gran <laughs> Our mate, Did, I, and, and uh yeah just victor, victor matfield i suppose I think it was actually probably in Afrikaans that he spoke there in Supersport um, for the, for the Munster Ulster game, and he's uh, he's he's quote I might have it here somewhere where he says oh yeah here we are I spoke to Johan van Gran and he said it was frustrating at Munster as all the good players go to Leinster. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a uh, good old Victor put uh, put you on in there, but again, it's dare I say it's kind of all good. No, my viewpoint on this is Bat Rugby could have dealt with this a whole lot better. I mean, once upon a time, name there was a a gentleman's agreement where rugby clubs would decide when to confirm news of this nature. I mean, if a head coach is in one job yeah. and he's interested in another, why couldn't have just been delayed during the Six Nations? The fact of the matter is here. The Bat Rugby social media account, they're looking for a name. And they didn't just basically spring it out there. I think it was just poor, poor. Uh, it, it seemed to be as if Munster were a little bit uh, taken aback. I, I think you could see the player reaction immediately yes. after, you know. Yes. The lead up to a European Heineken Cup game, the timing was absolutely dog awful. And I mean, I think it's just, it's come out and it's. It, it, just, came, it just came out too early, too. It's, it's most unusual. Because it's only really after European games, isn't it? It's usually, as you said, kind of Six Nations time where uh, players and and managers announce in terms of next season if they're if they're moving on. Yeah, I think like look, it's all part and parcel of professional sports. Managers, head coaches, coaching staff—they'll move from A to B from one year to another. But again, these announcements—you know—we're in the era of social media. And for me, social media in this particular case is completely not suited to the purpose. I mean, be professional about it, you know, let teams be professional, play out their fixtures. You'll have a lot of games here where you could literally have mentioned this, particularly mid-February, end of February. Yeah. I don't know what the, the clamour was to basically announce this so early. It seems and, and, and then, you see, what happens is, like, you're getting... Van Grand then has to, you know, say the usual gushing things about Bath. You know, they're a great rugby town and 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 all that. And then of course, you know, 
that might sound a bit disparaging to 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 Munster. Yeah, it's you know it just didn't doesn't sit well, and you think of that performance against Cass. I can, you know, look. One of the factors definitely is that news. I mean, that deflates a group. I mean, you can work in an organization, any organization. If the if the person, the leader that you're basically reporting to work to to, you know, complete work for tells you I'm off, you're gonna second guess and you're gonna be a little bit uncertain. To say what's going on here? What's the situation? It did create massive instability, and I think it's yeah, it's very unfortunate. I mean, the Matfield comments again, I would kind of take them with a little bit of a pinch of salt, to be perfectly honest. But um, it is a very messy situation that Johan van Graan has found himself in, and particularly Munster Rugby, because it's that six-month contract stipulation as well. The last six months can trigger off. Wasn't wasn't that the same with Rassi? Wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> he he had the much. same clause. Yeah. Yeah. No, I thought the RFU particularly would kind of maybe box a little bit clever in terms of that. You saw it with Pat Lamb as well. You know, he went to Bristol Bears, I think, you know, particularly when that January 1st bang, the trigger, the trigger, the clause. I'm very surprised at the RFU in terms of any other head coaching roles that you don't see that stipulation that, look, is there a flexibility here for a province to maybe kind of cut losses here or maybe kind of release a head coach? Yes, you know they, they can't really do that now. I mean, compensation-wise, everything else. I mean, if Ernest Van Grand, he will serve out the rest of the East contract here. But again, it is, you know, it's a bit awkward. <laughs> you know, we can't plan. We can't plan for next season because, yeah. on you know, Munster are going to have to come pretty quickly now with a head coaching announcement. I would say now within mid-February, early March, to really kind of set expectations of other players who may be sitting on the fence. Wondering or not whether I will renew my contract. Yeah, and, and actually, yeah. Speaking of that, was it noticeable in the in the contracts that were announced today that Ben Healy signed a one year deal? Yeah, yeah. That that was a bit of a like there was always a shock. That, to me, it was a shock. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the one year contract doesn't really say much, does it? It's kind of keeping your options firmly on the table. From a player and a representative's perspective, there has been well, that Scottish understandable, as well, hasn't there? Really? You know. In terms of what's went on this season, maybe it's understandable that he just wants to see to see what's gonna what's gonna happen from Munster next season. Yeah, I suppose when he signed, you know, you had Carberry there, you also had Jack Crowley, you have Jake Flannery we haven't even mentioned. I mean, God, you know, do rate that guy enormously, and he needs to see a little bit of game time. I hope every rugby when we're kind of back in URC action, we can see him in the flesh because he's an outstanding player. But again, it didn't say much in terms of a one-year contract. Again, it was kind of probably providing a bit of flexibility to Healy and his representatives. If it didn't work out, could always look elsewhere. And I mean, there's always been that Scottish or a few link in terms yes. of Healy, his ancestry, that sort of angle. He'd um, be in there. I mean, he'd be in there probably as the Scottish number two straight away, like the second choice 10 probably. Look, you know? yeah. Glasgow or Edinburgh would be you yeah. know, more than happy to acquire his services. Look at the kicking range. Look at the boot that he has. I mean, you know, that's that's a guy there that, and he still has massive potential. Still, you know, particularly in his game management. But again, you know, great prospect. So, yeah, it's just going back to your point. It's very unsavory in terms of with Van Gran at the moment. You could see the pressure is on him as well. You know, that pre-game interview with RT was just very, yeah, it just very awkward. It's very uncomfortable viewing because I think he's been kind of literally. Under, put under pressure a little bit. I think it's just the whole announcement by Bat Rugby really has 
you know, really taken the wind out of Munster sales. I think he's taken the sale the sales out of Van Gran as well, contrary to what popular opinion. I think he's definitely under pressure. He looks like a man under pressure here. Yeah. Even though the sure. results have been, you know, okay. But I think it's you know, it has taken a toll on him as well. And probably his family as well for that matter. So I think for Van Gran, look, he'll be professional. He'll look to keep the structures in place and then he departs in May, June, whenever the season ends. But I think from Munster Rugby's perspective, we need to start moving on. And I mean, Matt Field, guys like that, they're all going to have an opinion. Um, but I mean, I mean, again, you know, we had this situation where he was offered a, a two-year deal on the back of what exactly? Initially, Van Gran Took a punt. Took us necessarily a punt off him based off recommendations from Razi, um, you know, and other kind of, you know, South African, you know, coaching heads, I would say. I mean, look, I don't think he's done a, you know, a woeful job or anything like that. You know I mean? The record, you know, he has appeared in a few European Champions Cup semifinals. We flirted a little bit in terms of Pro 14, only to find our near neighbours up the road are literally head and shoulders. Oh, Ahead of ahead of us, particularly when it comes to the marquee fixtures, so he's found that very challenging. And I think but then, that, then when he was recently offered a, a new two-year deal, wasn't he as well? Certainly was. Um, and you'd have to question uh, not him now. <laughs> you know, fair enough, he was offered a deal. Why not take it? You know, but you'd have to question the Munster board as to why they would they offered him that deal in the first place. It's a good good point. Yeah. Maybe they knew something that we don't. Um, it's a it's it's a tricky one. Um, you know, uh, just in terms of you know the ambitions of the club, all that sort of stuff. You you would imagine Van Gran would have had to sit down with Ian Flanagan and the board to really look long term vision. You're not looking one two years. You're looking three five ten years down the line of the structures and stuff like that. Maybe Van Gran has basically had reached a decision that he's taking the team as far as he can go. And it's a new challenge. That's, you know, always kind of a you know, key point in a head coach's career. Like, you know, signing into another long-term deal, um, you know, it may be a new challenge for him. It's probably, yeah. and you never know with Bath as well. They may have been throwing, you know, money at him to, you know, more money. And again, I wouldn't envy him that role because Bath rugby at the moment are a bit of a, in chaos at the moment, playing squad-wise and performance-wise on the pitch. Not great. But uh, yeah, it's... um. It's an interesting one, name to be fair. Yeah, yeah, and 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 as I said, in in terms of Bath, I mean, you create a situation where they are. Oh no, I, I have to correct myself there. They, as I understand, they, there won't be any actual relegation for next next season. Is that right? Aren't they lucky? Lucky. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're the relegation fodder at the moment. You know, nothing. You know, their performance against Leinster was just. Oh. You know, it was just video nightmares, you know, literally all, you know, defensively, you know, the pack was decimated, you know, by Leinster. They just withdrew in the first 20, 25 minutes. This is what Van Gran is now have, going to have to work with in two and a half, three months. to get. And I, I think I think what I've heard is that, obviously, Anthony Watson is thinking of moving elsewhere. And that would be probably his number one thing, isn't it? Uh, look, get him, get him signed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, you can't argue Anthony Watson. He's been a loyal servant to that rugby club. And look, we've been to Bath, we've been to Recreation Grounds. It's a super town. I mean, the rugby lives and breeds in that town. And the fact that 
you know, when you think of the John Callards, the Jeremy Guscotts going to Europe, winning matches, very much like the Munster brand, you know, particularly before Munster really kind of got on that role. They were the, the standard bearers of Europe. And to see them now literally where they are, it's been a gradual decline. And literally they got Hooper, they got guys there that they thought local-wise could energise the team. Things have moved on. They're not there. I mean, the academy's not producing, you know, and particularly pack-wise, they're vulnerable. So, look, from a Van, Van Graan perspective, that's a big monster project that he's taken on. And these Gallagher Premiership teams, they don't think twice about sacking a manager or a head coach mid-season. You see with Harlequins last year. Yeah, you know, yeah. That, so it's not a long-term stability deal that Van Graan has taken on here. It's a big, and again, big... Uh, and again, I know it's all, this is all rumours and conjecture, but like... Uh, there certainly the, the South African guys at Munster certainly seem to be going elsewhere, and elsewhere could very well be somewhere in England. <laughs> but then, Liam, you're going to have to contract that with the salary cap, and the way Leicester Tigers now are cooperating <laughs> with the administration of the competition, the Gallagher Premiership in terms of salary cap. Ever since that, you know, Saracens, the you know, financial um, case. I don't think you're going to see many of those South African guys in Munster going over to Bath unless they're cut price deals, really. Because I think an awful lot of the Bath rugby guys, there will be there will be a turnover of players, no doubt. But Damien Delende will be a marquee sign. He's not going to come cheap. I mean, you know, you could literally argue with both. Uh, you could, you know, literally argue about Jason Jenkins as well. It hasn't worked out injury-wise, um, you know, so... He, he probably can't assume that, you know, but Delende would be probably a big monster, you know, uh, acquisition for Bath if they could get them. But I think there's far more problems than three quarters for Bath, I think. Yeah. Their pack really has has have a fundamental kind of root branch review, really. And then you kind of take from there, really. But no, it's it's interesting um, in terms of the Victor Matfield comments here. And, you know, because, you know, particularly with the, the South African angle as well, um, it's... It's an interesting context in terms of those quotes um, there. But again, I think that's more born out of maybe frustration of Leinster's dominance, you know, and it's that era at the moment where Leinster rugby, they're producing, they're continuing to produce high caliber players. And we're just not in that position to, you know, really kind of get over the line. And I mean, the fact is, you know, we're talking about the Lende here. We don't have any centre in our Monster Academy. He's really kind of speaking volumes. In terms of what are we doing in terms of unearthing the next, you know, you know the the next uh, big big centre for us three. I mean, it's it's pretty ominous stuff at the moment in terms of Munster Academy how we're kind of looking to shape the three quarters. We should be hopefully turning out a good home grown, um, you know, product from our academy, but that doesn't need to be happening at the moment, unfortunately. No, it doesn't. No, no. Liam, might leave it there anyway. Uh, it's been a lengthy one. Um, so uh, thanks for your time. And yeah, we'll enjoy uh, the fixtures over the weekend. Yeah, yeah, we'll have a good European weekend for full of rugby. Okay. Indeed.